Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Grant Napier on Listen Up. Hope everybody out there has had a fabulous weekend. We've got a lot going on here. It is Monday, which means the crazy NFL and college football weekend we can go over. We have got rumors, uh, courtesy of The Athletic, that Luke Walton, the Sacramento Kings head coach, is on the hot seat. And once again, Kings fans have to be asking, what the hell is wrong with this franchise? I don't have enough time to tell you what's wrong with the franchise, but it's pretty easy to figure out what the problem is. We'll get into that. Hope you are doing well. Uh, You know the routine. If you want to get on with me, you just hit that hand icon. You raise your hand, and I will get you on stage with me, and you can ask me a question. Let's start with the NFL, and then we'll move to the NBA. As uh, last Night in the National Football League, you saw the Chiefs come in and steamroll the Las Vegas Raiders. It was not even close. And you saw a Kansas City team that, quite frankly, I didn't think could play that well after what I saw two weeks ago against the Giants. And then, you know, last week in a miserable win against the Green Bay Packers. There's no way they win that game if Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback. But, you know, last night they put it all together. Uh, Mahomes had a tremendous game, five touchdowns. And you have to ask yourself this question if you're looking at this from the Raiders' perspective. Has what this team had to endure the last five weeks just too much? You know, first it was John Gruden, although after the Gruden resignation, they went on and won two games and looked very good in doing so. Uh, But then after the Henry Ruggs tragedy, they have looked lost uh, both on offense and defense. And I I don't quite frankly know uh, if I'm a Raiders fan, if I would have any confidence that this team now at five and four, is going to be able to turn things around. I I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Not based on what I saw against the Giants last Sunday and what I saw last night against Kansas City. I mean, why would I think that is going to be able to just turn it around? Like I, I mean, they weren't even competitive last night, and they didn't. They really didn't play well last week against a bad football team in the Giants. So you know, I'm looking at the Raiders right now. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, is this team just shell-shocked from everything that's gone on? But here's their schedule, all right? They got Cincinnati coming up this week at home. Then they're at Dallas on Thanksgiving. Then they play Washington at home, at Kansas City, at Cleveland, home Denver, at the Colts, home Chargers. Right now they're 5-4. and four. Now, let me ask you, do you see five wins on this schedule? Washington would have to be a win. 
But you see four of the wins on that schedule? I don't. I really don't. But I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Hit your hand icon, and we can talk about that or any of the other games uh, that we saw over the weekend. Kind of a dud uh, in Green Bay last night or yesterday, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I know Pete Carroll went on his weekly radio show in Seattle today and really blamed the refs for three horrible calls that he feels turned the tide of the game. Uh, but that, that just really was not that good of a game. I was the, mo- the the guy that impressed me the most was Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. Uh, they beat Cleveland by the score of 45 to 7. And Mac Jones was, again, very good, extremely efficient. You know, 19 of 23, just under 200 yards, three scores. And now New England with a very good record of six and four. And they're getting better and better. They are getting better and better. Big upset, obviously, Washington uh, beating Tampa. And now all of a sudden the Bucks have three losses. I don't think anybody could have envisioned that Washington would beat Tampa, but that's this year in the National Football League. And then, you know, how about the Panthers? They get Cam Newton back. Newton didn't do much, but, I mean, he will probably start this week. But the Panthers go into Arizona. Again, no Kyler Murray. They were banged up. 34 to 10. 34 to 10. Carolina goes into Arizona. And now uh, the Cardinals uh, with their second loss of the year. So those are some of the highlights from what we saw tonight. You got the Rams and the 49ers. Looks like Von Miller will make uh, his debut. You know, when you look at this game for the 49ers, it was similar to me what we talked about on Friday with the Seahawks. Seahawks lose and their season's done. You're not coming back in all likelihood, in all likelihood from three and six. Probably not happening. Probably not happening. And now the same thing with the 49ers. If the 49ers lose this game at home tonight, their season is done. Flat out done. Now, it may be done anyway, but if they don't win at home tonight against the Rams, and and by the way, the Niners have played very well, very well against the Rams in the last two years or so. They won five straight uh, in this series. Rams favored by three and a half. And, you know, the Niners, again, have had very good success, very good success against this Rams team as of late. But we'll see what happens. Uh, The Rams are coming off a bad loss. Stafford was horrible. Monday Night Football, uh, bad loss this week as Robert Woods was lost in practice to a season-ending injury. They did sign Beckham. You get Von Miller, who is now with this team to make them even better defensively. But again, the Niners have played very well against the Rams. The Rams this year, 4-0 on the road, and so they're very comfortable leaving Los Angeles uh, and playing very well. So if you want to talk about this game tonight, hit your hand icon, uh, and we will put you right on. All right, now to the NBA and the Kings. The Kings right now look lost, all right? This was a road trip where I thought they would go 3-1 and one and should have gone 3-1. and one. They started off, they started off with a 
lost to San Antonio. Since then, the Spurs have lost two in a row, and their record is four and nine. Then they go to Oklahoma City, whose record now is five and seven. They lose both games. They go to Motown tonight, and they take on a Pistons team that's only three and nine. The Athletic reporting this morning that Luke Walton is on the hot seat. You know, to me, the owner should be on the hot seat. That's really what the problem is. It's not the coach, all right? How many freaking coaches do you have to go through before you understand that the problem is not the coach? Coaching is not the problem with Sacramento. So they're now 5-8. and eight. They've lost four in a row. They play Detroit tonight. They play another bad team on Wednesday in Minnesota, who's 4-8. and eight. And I and now all of a sudden Luke Walton's job. He's on the hot seat. Is it Luke Walton's fault that De'Aaron Fox has turned out to be arguably the most overpaid player in the National Basketball Association? Is that his fault? Just curious. Is it his fault that the number two pick in the draft four years ago was basically rotting on the bench? And it's an organizational decision to bury him and not play him? Is that Luke Walton's fault? Just asking. Is it Luke Walton's fault that they've got a thousand guards on the team and not enough bigs to go out and rebound and compete every night? Is that Luke Walton's fault? Just asking. So now you're going to fire Luke Walton and you're going to bring in another coach and people are going to get all excited. And then a month later, you're like, well, coaching's not the problem. And I'm like, told you so. Told you so. Same thing. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. Same thing. Same thing. At what point do you stop looking at the coaches? Right? Michael Malone, pretty good coach, right? What happened to him? Well, that's right. He was fired. Why was that? Why was that? What did he do wrong? Right? You want me to just go on and on and on, or do you want me to stop? I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Since Rick Adelman left in 2006, here are your coaches. Eric Musselman, Reggie Theus, Kenny Nat, Paul Westfall, Keith Smart. Here are your coaches under your owner, Vivek Ranadive. Michael Malone, Tyrone Corbin, George Carl, Dave Yeager, and currently Luke Walton. But yet, everyone wants to look at coaching. Well, guess what? Coaching is not the problem with the Sacramento Kings. Brian, you'll get us started here on Listen App. How are you, Brian? I'm doing well, Grant. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, following Thank your you. topic with the Kings and Vivek, obviously, from an outsider, can observe 
as years go by that he certainly has seemingly meddled in the affairs of the Kings. With the more recent uh, era of Lottie, can you pinpoint like specific incidents where he uh, had his hand on Vladi, where Vladi may have wanted to go a different direction and or, you know, limited Vladi's decision making, you know, some of those instances or and even, you know, you know, I'm going to stop you for a minute. OK, I know probably as much as any person breathing. About everything that's gone on with the Sacramento Kings over the last 32 years. And I'm, and, I, and I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back. I'm not. I know every single thing that Vivek Ranadive has done and not done since he took ownership of the team. I want to be very transparent when I answer your question because I don't believe that the things that I was privy to because of my position should be broadcast. In other words, there are certain things to me that happen behind closed doors that I think should remain private. But I'm going to answer your question this way, okay? He is a problem. He is not a good owner. And it is unfortunate that the most unbelievable fan base that I've ever been associated with, the Sacramento Kings fans, have to deal with this year after year after year after year. It's a travesty. It's an outrage. It's disgraceful because the fans of Sacramento deserve more. When they had the opening of Golden One Center, Vivek Ranadive went out to center court. And he said, this is your team. And it's here to stay. Well, it is here to stay, but it's not their team. It's not your team. It's not the fans' team. It's his team. And unfortunately, he has failed miserably as an owner in Sacramento. But as far as like examples and everything else, I could write a book on this. I might piss off some people. Um, I have to be, and again, I hope you understand where I'm coming from on this. There are many, many, many things that I'm very privy to that I know, not just as you know, hearsay that I witnessed and saw and was uh, very privy to every single thing that was going on in the organization. And I just, you know, right now I don't feel comfortable sharing everything. I'll just share generalities. Is that okay? And I will just tell you, it's a real problem. Absolutely, Grant. Your answer is more than fair. And I totally uh, understand and wouldn't want to uh, compromise any of what you know. That, but what you said paints a picture and I completely get what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good rest of the day. Appreciate it. Uh, again, you can ask me any question you want, and I'm going to try to answer it as best that I can. But just understand, boy, if I told you everything I knew, well, I don't even know what you'd be blown away. John, you're on with Grant Napier on Listen App. Hi, John. Hey, Grant. I, just wanted, I wanted to kind of comment on Vivek as well. Something I noticed uh, in two recent podcasts. One yeah. was the Athletic Podcast with Sam Amick, and um, uh, Monty McNair was on there. And as a throwaway comment that Sam didn't even notice, Monty said that Vivek likes to say, this is a jazz, this is like jazz, or something like that. You know, If you can listen to the podcast, you can hear him say it. And uh, it was a throwaway comment by Monty, and Sam didn't catch that Vivek said that back in 2014, talking about firing Mike Malone in, a, in, in an indirect way that – they needed a jazz director, not a marching band director, and that's why they, that's why Malone was was canned. It was part of the reason Malone was canned. That's what they need going forward, I guess, is what he said back then. And 
It just yeah, shows that me that he's still, he's still talking. Monty said it like Vivek is talking that all the time. Like it's like one of those, those comments that he always says. And so Vivek is still talking that kind of stuff about like using low IQ players to play improvisational jazz when you need to have a mushroom brand director for low IQ players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just going to say this about Vivek because I don't want to rip the guy because, you know, I don't want to sound like a, a, a guy that, you know, doesn't work there anymore. And now I'm going to pile on the owner. Uh, but I don't mind saying this. I've I've been involved in professional basketball since 1988. All right, so that's a long time, and I've been around hundreds and hundreds of people. I've been around many owners. I've been around many coaches. I've been around many players. I've been around many scouts, many general managers, many broadcasters. Okay, uh, I will tell you that I have never been around anyone that knows less about the sport of basketball than Vivek Ranadive. All right, so I'll just tell you that he should not be involved in any single decision as it relates to the sport of basketball. Now, as far as a businessman, um, you know, uh, that's not my acumen. That's not my expertise. So I'm not going to comment on his business practices because I'm not qualified to do so. But I am very qualified to talk about his basketball knowledge. And uh, it is extremely, 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 extremely low. You know, to me, it's really frustrating that he, um, what you said, because uh, he's obviously a very smart individual with a high CIQ, cognitive intelligence. But um, yes, you know, he was, he went to, he came from India from a humble background, I believe, and got into MIT at like sixteen or something. Yeah, yeah. See, that's another thing. He didn't come. He didn't come from India from a humble background. Okay. I don't know why right. people say that. He came from a very, uh, from what I understand, uh, in the caste system in India, and again, from a very affluent uh, family. Uh, but, you know, again, I'm not piling on the guy. He's very successful. He went to a great college at MIT. He's extremely bright. He's much smarter than I am. OK, so I'm, I'm just putting it out there. He's a much smarter man than I am. But when it comes to basketball, his knowledge is embarrassingly poor. All right. But yeah, in terms of hope, so I'm not I'm not you know, I'm not ripping the guy as a man. I'm not ripping him as a, a you know, a, a, his 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 business intellect, uh, because I guess, again, he's much smarter than I am. But what he knows, he doesn't know. In other words, what he thinks he knows, he doesn't know. Does that make sense? It does. I just wish he would learn basketball because I understand owners are going to meddle. I mean, they spend hundreds of millions of dollars on these teams that they own, that they control. They're going to meddle sometimes. I understand that. I just wish he would like learn something about basketball i guess i don't know well he you know what he, you can you can't learn if you think you know everything okay yeah all right so it's very difficult and I, I don't know how you feel about you know if you feel like you already know everything there's not a lot to learn because you already know it all sure. so I, i'm not really counting on him to learn uh about anything relating with basketball because he already knows everything right He's already an expert. He knows more than the coaches and knows more than everyone else. So, you know, he doesn't need to learn anything. He already knows everything. Got it, Grant. Okay, thank you. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you very much. I'm just, you know, I am really sad for the Sacramento Kings fans. First of all, the season's not over. Okay, they're 5-8. and eight. And they could end up winning the next four or five games and everybody will be excited again. But the fact that it's been leaked to the athletic that Luke Walton is on the hot seat when he has a subpar roster is to me disgraceful. 
It's wrong. Okay? Now, I'm not saying Luke Walton's great Popovich. But here's what I am saying. The Sacramento Kings are not very good. And I told you this in the summertime when I thought they were going to make trades and they didn't make any. And they didn't make any. And I said, well, you know, if you bring back the same roster and expect, you know, much different results, then you're just fooling yourself. And they have basically the exact same roster that they had last year, plus their draft pick, Davion Mitchell, who looks like he's going to be a very good player. De'Aaron Fox is clearly nowhere near an upper echelon point guard, and yet the Kings gave him a max contract. That is going to really hurt this franchise for a long time going forward unless unless De'Aaron Fox moves up the ladder a couple of notches, and he has to move up the ladder and get much, much better than he is now. And the fact that he's in year number five, and still is a terrible shooter, or I shouldn't say terrible, although this year he's terrible, very inconsistent shooter would give me a lot of reason for concern. He's shooting 41% from the floor this year. He's shooting 23% from beyond the line, and he's shooting only 71% from beyond the arc. And I'm a De'Aaron Fox fan. But he's not a max player, okay? And when you look at a team like Memphis, who took Morant in the draft, and look at how good he is already, I mean, he's clearly better than De'Aaron Fox. Trey Young, who went one year after De'Aaron, clearly a much better player than De'Aaron Fox. And I can go on and on here. And I'm not blaming the Kings five and eight start on De'Aaron. All I'm saying is they gave De'Aaron Fox a max deal and he doesn't look anything close to a max player. And that is a problem for the Kings. But a bigger problem that I'm seeing right now are these Luke Walton rumors. Because now you're going to blame the Kings record once again on the coach. But the blame doesn't deserve to be placed on the coach, in my opinion. Maybe maybe some of the blame, but not, not the majority of the blame. And I think that is just awful for the fans. Because now the fans are going to get all excited for no reason at all. Right? You're going to get all excited because... Even if the Kings win tonight and they win against Minnesota, the first time the Kings have two or three bad losses in a row, you are going to hear about the rumors involving Luke Walton. The same way we heard about the rumors with Michael Malone and Tyrone Corbin and George Carl and Dave Yeager. Right? Same thing. Some things never change. Some things just never change. And when I say I feel bad for the Kings fans, you know where my heart is, all right? I mean, you can say anything you want about me. If you don't like me, I'm fine if you don't like me. 
If you want to criticize me for saying all lives matter, every single one, that's fine. Criticism is part of the world. I'm okay with criticism. But my knowledge of what's going on with that franchise, okay, I will put up with anyone that's breathing. And I know what the problem is. And I know that it's not getting any better. And that makes my heart hurt for the most loyal, great fans that I've ever been associated with since I've been involved with sports. I know the truth. I know what's true. I know what's not true. Okay? When I did my radio show in Sacramento, I always tried to speak the truth. I always tried to speak the truth. Even though it hurt people's feelings, I always tried to go on the radio and speak the truth. Yes, I love the Kings. Yes, I love my job. Yes, I wanted the Kings to win. Yes, I rooted for the Kings every single night that I announced games. You heard it in my passion and my energy in my voice, okay? I didn't camouflage that. I didn't make it into anything that it wasn't. I rooted for the Kings when I was announcing the games, and I wanted them to do well. But when it came time to criticize them, I had no problem criticizing them on my radio show. I didn't have any problem criticizing Chris Weber when he deserved criticism. I didn't have any problem criticizing DeMarcus Cousins when he deserved criticism. All right? I didn't have any problem ripping Dwayne Shinsis when he was on the Kings, and he deserved a lot of criticism. I didn't have any problem criticizing George Carl when I had him on a weekly show, and I asked him, George, have you lost the locker room? I didn't have any problem asking those type of questions. I feel bad for the Kings fans. Because you know what? You're getting screwed. Because what's happening is wrong again. And they're going to blame it on the coach. And they're going to go out and, you know, if the rumors are true and Luke's on the hot seat and he gets fired, you know, the fans are going to get all excited because they think that's the problem. Do you think Michael Malone was the problem? George Carl the problem? Is Dave Yeager the problem? Now Luke Walton all of a sudden is the problem? Okay, I got it. I see. We know what the real problem is, and that's not changing, and that's unfortunate because the Kings fans deserve better. They absolutely deserve better. And regardless of whether I'm living in Sacramento or I'm living in Florida or I'm living out of the country, the one thing I will always do, I will always support and I will always stick up for the great loyal fans of Sacramento. But you turn on a game now and the place is half empty. Fans are turned off. Fans have stopped paying their money. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse. You've seen a number of minority owners bail out. They don't want to be involved anymore. And there are more to come. Now, you may say, so what? And and you might be right, because that's not going to affect your enjoyment or love of a franchise. But it's all part of the same issue that I'm talking about. You as a Sacramento Kings fan, deserve better. And you're not getting it. 
and you have a team that I think is better than last year. I think the team is better than last year. But they're not a lot better than last year. You know why they're better than last year? Because Tyrese Halliburton is now a year older. Davion Mitchell is a guy that can play some defense that they didn't have last year. Although, you know, when I look at the standings and I see that Sacramento is five and eight, and I see they're giving up 111 points a game, I'm like, well, their defense still stinks. It's the fifth worst in the conference. And I ask myself, okay, well, I heard everyone talk about defense in the preseason. I heard the coach talk about defense. I heard all the players talk about defense. And now here we are, 13 games into the season, and you're still one of the worst defensive teams in the conference. So I don't see really an improvement to get excited about. Let's get to Preston. Hey, Grant. Preston, how are you? Good out yourself. Good. Yeah, um, I I know you've talked about this several times in the past about just like, because like, you know, at one time the Warriors were at the, I guess you could say rock bottom, and then like even like the Suns yep. and yep. Uh, even the, I mean, the Grizzlies were kind of rebuilding there for a couple of, I mean, they still kind of are, I guess you could say, but I mean, I think they're... yes. They're pretty good, I would say, with the talent that they have on their team and stuff. And so it's just like the Kings have never been able to make that jump. And it's just frustrating because you see these other teams, I mean, they've been getting better every year and stuff. And so just, yeah. Well, the Kings, you know, the Warriors built their team through the draft after they traded Monte Ellis to Milwaukee. And then they hit hit on all their draft picks. The Kings, they haven't hit on their draft picks. And – you know, a team like Sacramento is only going to really make that a huge jump when they hit on their draft pick. And then when they had, you know, Luka Doncic, who, by the way, for the record, I was fine when they didn't take him. I had no idea Luka was going to be this great, so I'm not going to come on now and say, oh, I told you so. I didn't tell you so. But the point is, it's not my job to draft players. And they had a guy that could turn around the entire franchise waiting for them in their lap, and they went in a different direction. And when you make a mistake like that, it can set your franchise back 15 years. Yeah, and like when you look back at it, because I know that you were pretty big on uh, Vladi being in charge. Uh, do you still look at that as a good move? Well, the that draft pick turned a franchise fortunes around. So no, it was not. He needed to take Luka Doncic in retrospect. I defended yeah. him because I thought Marvin Bagley was going to be a really, really good player. I really did. And for whatever yeah. reason, he doesn't even get into the games now. So that turned... If, listen, if Vladi had drafted Luca instead of Marvin Bagley, he'd still be the general manager. Don't you agree? It's hard to say, I guess. I mean, no, it's not hard to say. They, he would, he'd still be the general manager. The Kings would be, you know, winning in the forties. Although, you know, Luca hasn't exactly. You know, that's another thing about Luca. I mean, you know how many playoff series he's won, right? Zero. Yeah. All right. So, like, you know, it's not like Luca's gone to Dallas and turned them into world beaters. I mean, we need to hold our horses on that. I mean, right. you know, again, I know he's only in his fourth year. And so I, I don't want to get I guess away what, here. I, I guess what I mean by that is because even if we do draft a good, I mean, even if we did draft a good player, there's no telling even if the Kings would be a winning team, if, if you know what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you, but it would be hard for me to imagine drafting a talent like Luka Doncic and not being significantly better. Now, I don't mean great. You know, he hasn't been great in Dallas. And by great, I'm not talking about individually great. I'm talking about team great. You know, it's not like he's gone to Dallas and they've been world beaters, all right? Again, they haven't even won a playoff series. So, you know, let, let's kind of put our brakes on that. But from an individual, from a marketing, I mean, the arena would be sold out every night, don't you think? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, now the arena is empty every night, and yeah. I'm exaggerating. I mean, it's not, but, you know, I mean, there are thousands of empty seats every night. So, you know, from a business perspective, that was a horrible decision as well. Yeah, and the thing of it is, is like, like, well, then you have, like, uh, these other teams, like I was saying, like the Suns and uh, the yeah. Warriors, like they have top-tier talent on their team, like, you know, with De Devin Booker and, like, people that can actually – take over the games yep yeah their phoenix is nine and three now think about this the phoenix suns drafted right around the sacramento kings for three years in a row in other words you know when you look back at De'Aaron fox phoenix had the fourth pick in the draft that year and they had a bust they yeah. they, they they took the wrong player they took josh jackson the kings took De'Aaron fox josh jackson big time bust the next year they take deandre ayton they could have taken luca but they didn't. They took DeAndre Ayton. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton's not a bad player, but he's not Luka Doncic. And the Suns yet are 9-3 and three because they were able to get Chris Paul. They were able to build their team. They were the exact same team that the Sacramento Kings were, except for one, one big difference. And you pointed out very well, Preston. They have a star on their team in Devin Booker. I did a rant on this a couple of weeks ago. The reason why the Kings stink every year is they don't have an all-star. Yeah. And the last all-star they had was DeMarcus Cousins. And unfortunately, DeMarcus' greatest contributions to the Kings was off the floor with his charitable endeavors, not on the floor. And yeah. so, but the Kings now, when you look at their roster, they don't have an all-star. Look at all the teams that are ahead of the Kings. Golden State, a couple of all-stars. Phoenix, a couple of all-stars. Denver's got all-stars. Dallas has got Luka. Utah's got all-stars. The Clippers have all-stars. The Lakers have all-stars. Memphis has Moran. Uh, Portland has Lillard. I mean, who the hell do the Kings have? They don't have anybody that's an all-star. <laughs> exactly. no, I'm serious. I mean, that's you know, you want yeah. to know why the Kings are not in the playoffs any every year because they don't have an all-star. That's why. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you totally. I I mean, because I really do. Th I th at at this point with Fox is struggling as much as he is. I I know his. I don't know if his stock would would plummet with him struggling now, but like, Oh, it's, pl Oh, it's plummeted. I can guarantee you. Yeah. Don't even, I would, cause don't I would have made yourself. that. I would have probably made that move now with trading for Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Philly would do that move anymore, but I, again, I may be wrong. Hey, Preston, it's great hearing from you. I really appreciate you chiming in. Okay. No problem. Thank you. All right. If you want to get on the program, all you need to do uh, is hit your hand icon. And I would love to be able uh, to speak to you. It's been a good show. I really appreciate everybody being on uh, here on Listen Up. And when I put you on stage, uh, like Steve in Vacaville, uh, we'll be able to speak. Steve, it is so great to hear your voice again. How are you, sir? Hey, Grant. And uh, thanks for taking my call. I, I, I appreciate the time. Um, I, I came in uh, partway through your, your monologue, and and I didn't want. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I presume your issue with the Kings right now and their trajectory has to do with ownership. Is that kind of what the, the, I think it's their biggest issue. Yes. Okay. So, and, and I get it because I mean, if you look back, uh, you know, the Kings haven't been to the playoffs, I think since Adelman and they've probably gone through by my count, they go through a new head coach every 16 to 18 months. And it's hard to develop an identity and any kind of a Correct. system when you're, when you're changing 
coaches that that frequently. That said, you know, coming into this year, um, you know, and they always talk about the new look kings every every, every year. And and there there were certainly some expectations, but if things aren't going well right now, I mean, and again, I'm not, you know, I, I think they should they should keep the coach. I'm not suggesting they should get rid of him, but with respect to just talent acquisition, you know, some of that goes to the GM. Unless is is it that Vivek Ranadive's hands are in the war room during draft? Is he nixing uh, off uh, season deals that are not letting them to to you know, uh, you know, build the team the way they, that needs to be built to get uh, into the playoffs. Is, is that uh, some of some of that is a uh, a big time yes. Um, he also, in my opinion, is way overboard. I mean, way overboard on analytics. He really believes that you can take a laptop and build your basketball team on a computer, and it doesn't work like that. I think the Kings are way overboard on analytics. Now, I understand a lot of teams have big analytic departments. And I understand that a lot of teams are analytic heavy, but I think the Kings go overboard on analytics. That's just my opinion. I think analytics is a very useful tool, but it's not the determining factor in building your basketball team. And unfortunately, I think the Kings have gotten way carried away on analytics. Okay. Um, Now, do you think there's, and again, I don't know if there's any encumbrances to moving the team out of Sacramento or if Vivek's got so much invested no, the arena. no, they can't. No, they're locked. They, they can't leave Sacramento. Okay, so there's they're no, locked. There's that's no, not an issue. So, so it's really ineptitude. There's no sort of a uh, of a master plan to kind of get it to the point where you can go to the NBA and say, look, I just don't have the support anymore. I want to get out. You don't think that's in play? When you say get out, what do you, what do you mean by that? You, so you, but you're, no, no, no. The Kings are the Kings are tied in uh, to Sacramento. They're not going anywhere. I mean, if they go zero and eighty two every year, they're not moving. They're they're still they're going to be in Sacramento. That's not even play. That's not an issue. That's not even up for a debate. Okay, so you you've been around since eighty five, Grant. You know the the team inside and out, the ebbs and the flows, of, and and actually having them. You, you've you've watched them build a playoff team from virtually nothing. I mean, they're they're. Correct. You know, back in the late 80s, just before they started putting things together. So, you know, if you were a consultant to the team, what would you say would be the top two or three things that you would recommend to ownership or management to turn this around? I would absolutely, if I had the power and everything I said went, I would absolutely prohibit Vivek Ranadive from being involved in anything to do with anything with the basketball team. That includes general manager, scouting, coaching, players. I would completely prohibit him from having any involvement with any decision-making as it relates to the actual basketball team. Not on the business side, on the basketball side. So if I had the power, I would prevent him from being involved in any aspect of the actual basketball operations. That's the first thing I would do. Okay. So my question then is, and and it sounds like uh, if that inept, is that ineptitude reaching itself down into the locker room and causing morale problems for the, no, 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 I don't believe that. I I, I don't believe that at all. So I I don't want to go that far. I would just say, and again, understand that there are a lot of owners that are hands-on. Vivek Ranadive is not the only one. I don't want to single him out and say, well, gee, you know, the reason why is because all the other owners in sports don't do that. That's that's not accurate. I just think he gets carried away and goes too far, and he needs to sit back finally and let the people that he hires do their job. So are you getting the sense, Grant, then, when you're seeing poor defensive efforts on any given night, 
that it's more than just effort? Is it, is it really this, the, that the schemes are flawed based on um, well, rotation? You know, Steve, and- the, Kings went out, the Kings went out and hired two defensive coaches this year. Okay? Luke Walton doesn't coach the defense. And so, you know, people want to blame Luke Walton for the defense. Yeah, he is the head coach. And, yes, ultimately he's in charge of the basketball team. But, you know, he, he's not the defensive coach on this team. And I, I don't know what else to say to that, you know. And again, I, I'm going to ask you, Steve. You're a big Kings fan. Who's the All Star on this roster? Well, it, it it would have been Fox had it not been for a, a, a horrible start shooting. No, 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 no. It wouldn't have been Fox. What's Darren Fox done that you would think he'd be an All Star? He wasn't well, close to being this- an All Star. Well, well, he wasn't close to being an All Star last year. Why would you think he'd be close to being an All Star this year? Well, I, I think his point production was one thing that was that was getting him up. He had turnover issues, but he was starting to, I think, put it together. And I thought he, I really thought he was going to get to the next level. But you know, you look at his three point shooting; it's gone, it's gone off the rails. And uh, you know, his his point production and his his uh, you know turnover issues have been it, have been problematic too. He's terrible bringing it. So yeah, clearly he's not now. I mean, clearly there's no way. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you, you can make the argument he shouldn't even be starting right now. And I hate to be that blunt, but I mean, you could make the argument that he's playing so poorly right now that he shouldn't even be starting. Now, I know he's going to start and I, you know, I'm, I'm getting maybe a little bit carried away, but I'm trying to make a point here. Well, I guess then the, 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 the question becomes in terms of them not getting all stars. I mean, you know, you, you build it either through through the draft, through trades, free agency. Yep. Um, is it gotten to the point where maybe the branding of the Kings outside of Sacramento is such that even if they wanted an all-star, they just they just can't get one because things appear to be in The Kings have a bad rep around the league. I'm just telling you. They have a bad rep. Uh, you know, it's, you, you're not going to get a top-flight coach. You know, when I mean top-flight coach, coaches that are available. Like, for instance, you know, Jeff Van Gundy's available. I think most people consider him a top-flight coach. A guy like that's not going to look at Sacramento. So, you, you have, let's say, and again, I hope this doesn't happen, but let's say they fire Luke Walton. They're going to hire from within. So you're probably going to have Alvin Gentry as your next head coach. Alvin has been a head coach in a lot with a lot of teams, the Warriors, the Suns, the uh, New Orleans franchise. I think I'm forgetting one. So and, and again, I love Alvin Gentry. I'm a huge fan of his. But do you want Alvin Gentry? Is he the answer to turning around your franchise? Do you understand the point I'm trying to make here? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, and unless and until they get a system and an identity built that they can rely on through through thick and thin, they're never going to get to the next level. Because I, I, you know, if they're having to learn a new system every 18 months, yep, yep, there's, there's terrible. no way you're going to build on that. Well, it's very again. I feel for the fans right now. And again, this season's not over. They're five and eight, and I want people to understand we're not even at Thanksgiving yet. The Kings could easily turn this season around. Now, I, do I think they're going to be in the playoffs as a top eight team? I don't. I don't think they're that good. But we don't know if they would make a trade or two. But again, if the Kings, and I'm just saying this, if because you always have to say this, but you know, if the Kings win tonight and win Wednesday against a bad Minnesota team. People will go, ah, you know what? Yeah, they went 500 on the road, and that's okay. If you can go 500 on the road, you'll take that. And, you know, people will be like, oh, okay, maybe they're going to start turning things around. That's how quickly things can go bad in the NBA. It's how quickly things can go well in the NBA. Got it. All right, Grant. Well, hey, I'll take a step back and listen to what others have to say. Appreciate your time. 
Hey, Steve, good hearing from you. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. If you want to come on, all you got to do is uh, hit your hand icon and uh, we will get you right on. And again, as far as Vivek Ranadive goes, he's not the only owner that meddles. He's not the only owner that thinks he knows everything about the sport, and yet they're the least knowledgeable person in the room. That actually goes on more than you think, all right? Because a lot of my experience of dealing with owners, not only in Sacramento but in other cities, is owners think that they can run their franchise and have success with their new toy the same way that they had success in their business. Uh, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And it's ego. Uh, I, I'll just say right there, then and there, it's ego. You know, ego. It, and it's unfortunate. You know, it's sad. And I listen, I could sit here for 24 hours and I could tell you everything I know but I, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to give you generalities. And my heart is always with the fans. It will always be until I die. The one thing that I will never, ever, ever give up and will not cherish anymore, I will never, ever give up the fans. Never. I don't care. And there are a lot of fans that don't like me, and I'm fine with that. Hey, I don't care. If, if, if the, the, I will always speak up. For the Sacramento Kings fan base, nothing will ever change. Even I go, even if I go work for another team someday, that's never going to change. I will always, always speak up for the Sacramento Kings fans. That will never change, never. I can give you my word on that. We get to Al. Hello, Al. How are you? Hey, Grant. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. You know, the whole I'm with you, man. I mean, meddling owners. You look at Daniel Snyder. For, for Washington, you know, he's an example. And Jerry Jones finally seems like he's letting his people do their job. You know, their coaches and coordinators, he's kind of looks like he's finally letting his people do do their job. And for years, he was had to have his hand in the pie with his ego. And, and now Dallas is reaping the rewards, if you ask me. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it seems like he's been uh, less – uh, less, how do I want to say, present, you know, not not always on the, the front page every single day, but I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with Dallas. And, you know, Dallas has had good regular seasons in the past, and then they melt in the playoffs. So, you know, let's see what happens in January. Yeah, I wouldn't be too hard on Luka, too, with the, with the playoff record, because I think Jordan, didn't Michael Jordan take about four or five years before yeah 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 yeah. no i was just making a point that's all I, i'm not i'm not listen i would rather have luka Doncic than marvin bagley don't get me wrong all i'm saying is we need to kind of put the brakes on i mean you know as, as great as he is you know he hasn't won yeah. a playoff series yet that's all i'm saying you know i just think i think there's hope for king's fans i just want to say i'm a long time Rams fan and a long time lister years that it with the right mix there is hope because the Rams were bad for 12 years and then McVeigh and, and you know they, he came along so there's hope but you got to work together and get that organization all up to speed hey Al great hearing from you You have a good rest of the day thank you very much if you want to follow up any of these excellent phone calls today just hit your hand icon and we will put you uh, right on. It's that simple. Raise your hand. If you want to talk football, we can do that as well. It doesn't just have to be all uh, NBA. Uh, I will have my podcast tomorrow. I'm going to talk a lot more uh, about the Kings' problems on my podcast tomorrow. 
uh, if you don't like that. I uh, hope you are getting ready for a fabulous Thanksgiving week as uh, hard to believe that a week from Thursday already uh, is Thanksgiving. But I'm going to be with you every day this week, uh, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern, uh, right here on Listen Up. I really appreciate uh, everybody coming on today, your feedback, and uh, we're having a really good show. If you want to follow up with a question of your own, uh, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, uh, and uh, we will put you right on. Um, you know, people ask me, excuse me, people ask me, a lot, you know, about the Kings when I'm not on the air, uh, when I'm on the air, you know, when I'm back in Sacramento, you know, I have people stopping me quite often uh, if I'm at a restaurant or at the store and, you know, people want to talk about the Kings and I love doing that and I love talking about the Kings, but as a fan base, you deserve better. You deserve better. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. And again, the season's not over. You know, I'm seeing the doom and gloom on social media. All right? Yeah, they're in a bad stretch. They've lost four in a row. But this team lost eight, nine, ten in a row last year and then won eight, nine in a row. So it's a long season. All right? It's a long season. Now, I know what's going to happen. If the Kings lose tonight to the three and nine Detroit Pistons, then you're going to be going, oh, my gosh. Now, the Pistons, by the way, their problem is not as much defense. They only allow 107 points a game. Defensively, they're not a bad team. They can't score. They only average 97 points a game. All right? That's their problem. They have trouble scoring. They've got Cade Cunningham. I mean, I've never even, they're, they're starting five I've never even heard of before with the exception of two players, three players. Their center's Isaiah Stewart. Their point guard is Killiam Hayes. I've never even heard of these guys before. Former King Corey Joseph is on the team. Remember, he torched Sacramento last year, and I expect <laughs> that that probably will not change. But... I look at this roster for the uh, Pistons, and I haven't even heard a lot of these guys, to be honest with you. Now, they are coming off a win. They scored 127 points in beating Toronto, but the game before that, they scored only 78 in the loss to Cleveland. Now, they have won two of three. They won out of Houston 112 to 104. But their problem is offense, not necessarily defense. And again, if the Kings lose tonight, then all hell is going to break loose. Because then you'll say, oh boy, what a miserable road trip. Now, we're going to find out a lot about the players and how they feel about Luke Walton tonight. Because they hear the rumors, and they're going to be asked about it. And we'll see which Kings team shows up. You know, the Kings again the other night, same situation, can't hold the lead, and they have a chance to win the game, and something bad happens. You know, Darren Fox turns the ball over, and Dort makes the layup, boom, miss a three at the horn, and you're 0-2 on this road trip and a four-game losing streak. You know, the Spurs game, 
You got blown out. Bad game. The game before that, Phoenix came in and steamrolled you until the fourth quarter comeback. That's the thing about the Kings team. They're so freaking inconsistent. Not from game to game, but within the game. Like ridiculous point swings. Ridiculous. All right, before we adjourn for the night, I want to talk to you a little bit about the game tonight. San Francisco, L.A., kickoff in about an hour and 25 minutes. If the 49ers lose, their season's done. Plain and simple. And even if they win, they might be done. But if they lose, bye-bye. So there is no tomorrow for San Francisco if they are hoping of sneaking into the playoffs. They have got to find a way to win this game tonight. And as I said, they have done well against the Rams. Have won, They have won four, I believe, four in a row in the series. They need a good start tonight. They need to play with the lead. And it's not going to be easy. Seven and two for the Rams coming off a bad, bad loss at home where Tennessee manhandled them. And Stafford was terrible in that game. So let's see what happens tonight in Santa Clara. Niners and the Rams, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Really good show today. I really appreciate all of your calls. Appreciate you listening. And I'll be back tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern, right here on Listen Up. Until then, Grant Napier saying so. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.